When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Rana here. Letting everyone know that the AI Social Club is now accepting members for July. You can sign up until July 1st at AISocialClub.com or AISocial.club, if you're Brian, pardon me. And membership is now open. June is closed, of course. The boxes are shipping ASAP. We absolutely can't wait to share this experience with all of you. So just remember that's our fabulous cocktail box that comes once a month and our incredible members only Kiki, where we mix and we learn and Connor from Fiasco absolutely enlightens all of us on our fabulous bespoke choice. Can't wait to see you at the club. Hello, dear. Hello, dear. How are you? You know what? I'm doing pretty well. I've got some laundry going. Oh. Huh. Yeah. So Yadvin is not doing your laundry. Well, I had kind of a wild night last night. I didn't want her to see what ended up. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, that was was sort of like, let's just put it this way. It's very colorful. You know what I mean? Oh. So. Let's not put it that way. How about okay, we don't? Okay, well, we can put it however you want it. How about we don't put it that way? How's okay, that well, anyway, that's why she's not doing the laundry. Ah, uh, I just wanted to say, I had such fun catching up with you last week. I thought our How episode nice. was a total roller coaster ride. I listened to, I mean, we, we've talked about it, but I listened to it like again and again. I loved it. It was just yeah. so nice to like be back together. And it inspired some really uh, wonderful follow-ups and letters from people. Well, first I want to say something. You're you're missing the headline here. Oh. Rana yeah. invited me into oh. the main house uh-huh. for a cocktail this weekend. Okay. Okay. So how who is winning now? It did, it took a while. It she took you leaving the country one, two, or three times to get invited into the house. But you I know what it really it. was? Do you want to know why I did it? Well, I wanted to I do don't a know little... if I do. Oh, I'll just tell Go ahead. Well, okay. then you cover years. I'll tell okay. them. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll hear. Uh, I needed to make sure when we got to the Kiki mm-hmm. that you were going to know how to behave. And it's been so long that you've been in person with people. 
It's true. And the club is really important to me. I've worked really hard on the club. You have. I've seen the work. There's a certain level of decorum and showmanship. Sure. That I expect. At arsocial.club. At the arsocialclub.com. Right. And so I wanted this. That was sort of like a test run for you. I I didn't want you to know because I didn't want the pressure to be on you. I see. But I wanted to see how you're going to behave so I could make sure to say. Uh Well, Uh I hear your Uh words, Uh but I'm not listening to them. Correct. As usual. Yeah. So I'm so excited to be invited, to be cordially (laughs) invited over for a pre-cocktail, cocktail club cocktail. Uh Uh-huh. I can't wait. I can't believe it. ASocialclub.com. I hate to tell you, I had a number in my mind that I thought we were going to, people were going to sign up. Yeah. And we've busted through that number. Oh my gosh. And it makes me so happy because it makes me just think- People know a good thing when they see it. It's how I feel Absolutely. But I got to tell you, Ronna, are we ever putting anything out there that isn't top notch and something people want to be a part of? Well, I can't wait till we get the backlash emails and and posts once it goes out. But we'll see. I actually think people are going to be thrilled. And obviously, the Kiki, priceless. Can't put a number on that. Priceless. You can't. Yeah. And I'm going to mind my P's and Q's, Ronna. So just for the people that are joining us in the social club, your boxes will go out the second week of June. So coming right up. And then keep an eye on your inbox for the invitation to the Kiki. There there she blows. Uh we had we dealt with that very difficult question about pregnancy loss last week. Yeah. And we got two great emails. One, a follow-up from the writer. We actually got more than two. We got a bunch of really nice letters, but I'm just gonna read two today. One, we got a follow-up from the letter writer, which was fabulous. Wonderful. And we also got uh a fabulous letter from a dear listener to the podcast someone by the name, she signed it, so I'm going to say, uh, someone by the name of Jacqueline. Wonderful. So I think I'll read Jacqueline's advice and then we'll read the follow-up. How does that sound? Perfect. I love that. Hello. I'm listening to your latest episode and I had to write to thank Rana for her wise words, read the woman who recently suffered a pregnancy loss at 11 weeks. The right, a lot of people were writing in basically, which I thought was so beautiful. We should probably forward them to the writer. Just basically saying, I... You know, you're not alone, which sounds like a few people have told that. But the writer's description of the grief she is suffering is heart-wrenching and all too relatable. Mm. I suffered a devastating miscarriage in late 2020, and the despair I experienced in the weeks following my DNC was terrifying and exhausting. I turned to friends who had had similar experiences with pregnancy loss for comfort. And though these conversations helped me feel less alone, the only piece of wisdom that gave me any solace during the dark time was something my therapist told me, which was echoed practically verbatim by Rana in her response. What that means is that your body can get pregnant. Your body knows how to do that now. Mm-hmm. I hope the person who wrote in can likewise find some solace in knowing that she isn't, quote, broken. This fact, along with finding out my AMH and testing the fetal tissue to determine the cause of my loss, a chromosomal abnormality on 15. Very detailed, but I like, you know me, I like data. uh, Allowed me to process my loss from a more rational standpoint and make a, quote, game plan of sorts for the next phase in my fertility journey. Thank you, Rana, for your wise, compassionate, and grounded response to an issue which plagues so many of us. XOXO, Jacqueline. P.S. How lovely. 
Also, I might suggest this listener check out Dr. Amy, I don't know how to say this exactly, Evazadeh. E-Y-V-A-Z-Z-A-D-E-H, the egg whisperer. That's Dr. Amy, A-I-M-E-E dot org. I worked with several different fertility clinics to no avail, but then a friend told me about Dr. Amy, who is truly a miracle worker. Wow. I can't speak for Dr. Amy, but I will tell you that if this is the Jacqueline I'm thinking of, she's a beautiful, beautiful little boy and probably didn't want to include that in the letter because she didn't want to put that pressure on a listener. Mm. But I am only telling you that she's had a very positive outcome. So there we go. And she was on Charlie's Angels, if it's the that's Jacqueline right. I'm thinking of. Jacqueline Smith, that's right. right. Well, you said it, so now I can say it, but that's correct. <laughs> yeah. How about you read from the letter writer herself? I would love to. Okay. Leora, as I remember. Leora. And Yanatan, her husband. Dearest Rana and Brian, I sat in tears today listening to you answer my question. And then I played it to Yanatan, who cried too. I won't be able to write eloquently enough or in enough detail to express just how much the care and time you took meant. But I want to make sure you know how grateful we both are. Rana, there are so... There were so, so many different things in what you said that touched me and helped me and put things in place. The advice and the ideas and the perspective that you both gave will honestly make a huge difference in how I take these next steps and in my thinking. But also the kindness, compassion, and empathy you both showed me was something that was just so comforting and loving and special. I've been a massive fan for years, and the laughter and fun and love that you have brought me has already been a real gift. But this was something else, and I truly want to thank you both for being real mensches and for your time and care and dedicated work. I will absolutely be going to the Western Wall, and now I can't wait to send a follow-up in the not-too-distant future of me and a little one. Much love, Leora and Yonatan, too. How sweet. Isn't that wonderful? Wonderful. That makes me so happy. And I will tell you also, Leora, Tony's going to handle it, but I emailed with the rooftop bar personally at the Hotel Mamila to find out if they were going to let us do a gift certificate for you. And they absolutely are. So Tony's going to handle all the details, but go to the wall, do your thing, take a walk, feel the vibrations of the city a little bit. And, you know. And also like, of course, like if you're not, if you don't want the gift certificate, that's okay. Tony can find someone else, I'm sure. Uh, Sure. Brian, yeah. Brian can fly to Israel and have a drink on the rooftop bar at the Mamila if he wants yeah, if to. You're paying, but they absolutely. couldn't have been nicer about it. And I even asked them, is it okay if she just goes up to have a drink? Because, you know, they have a restaurant up there too gorgeous. That's I ate so there. nice. I ate there with Conan when we were in Jerusalem together. So it's sort of a, you know, uh-huh. fancy spot. Right. Uh, but they said, of course, we'd love it. We'd be thrilled. It'll be gorgeous. I can't wait. Oh, that's And amazing. I'm excited for you for you to dust off and have this next stage of your journey. And boy, are you strong and tough. No and kidding. Congratulations. All right. Now say, read me a couple of these comments and then, you know, we got to get to our guest who's only having the biggest week of his life. Excuse me. Excuse I, me. My Two words, major things coming out in my one words. week. Are you kidding me? Two different mediums. Okay. Way to Goris. Way to Goris. Way to Goris. Okay. Podcast saved my life. I had granola stuck in my throat and ate yogurt to get it unstuck. Thank you to Brian <laughs> and train conductors and Rana, obviously. 
What was the story again? What oh, if the my train conducts your friend you know, was on else? a train and a woman <laughs> said, screamed out, Can someone get the, the conductor? I've got a Dorito stuck in my throat. <laughs> the conductor stopped the train and went over and said, I, uh, I think if you st- stick your head out the window while the train is moving, it'll push the Dorito. <laughs> down and then a doctor came over and was like oh absolutely do not do that he was like the doctor was like do you have any yogurt and he's and the train conductor says oh we we probably do and she goes well what flavor and so she's talking the whole time talking the whole time helping her totally she's talking she's going oh because she had that chicken bone feeling she had a scratch in the back yeah because the the doctor was like well how low is it is it like here and she was like no it's like a little bit higher yeah (laughs) unbelievable she wanted strawberry yogurt can someone get the conductor? She wants strawberry yogurt. Can someone get the conductor? I've got a Dorito stuck in my throat. <laughs> Fantastic. Imagine okay. the rate at which she had to be chomping those Doritos to get it stuck in her throat. No, like I, swallowing I, I, them, really. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> M says, goals, goals, goals. May we all be as classy and as Rana, as warm as Brian, as wonderful to spend time with us, the two of them together. Oh, I love the show so much. And Callie nice. OHW says, thank you. Listening to the podcast is self-care. I wish there were new episodes five plus days a week. Well, you Rana's- can pay for that, dear. Rana's breadth of There's knowledge. There's going to be a unlimited. new tier on Patreon where you can pay $90,000 a month and we'll do five a, five. That's a week. exactly right. Yeah. That'll be the new tier. Rana's <laughs> breadth of knowledge is unlimited. Brian is thoughtful, intelligent, and hilarious. Thank you both for all that you do. Wonderful. You know what I just realized? What, Rana? Nothing to do with any of this, but so what it does. Mm-hmm. NFTs, okay? Please. No, no, don't worry. We're not going to really talk about them because there's nothing to talk about. It's called the emperor has no clothes and it always has been. And that's what it is. And oh, I'm so happy for you. You own a file that lives in the ethernet. I I don't understand. I know. And then now there's some lawsuit going on. Seth Green. You're right. I just said that. I know you can't believe it. but Of Robot Chicken? Of all people. Yeah. Bought an NFT of a bored ape or something, and then somebody stole it from his digital wallet, and he had developed a show based on the character. And now, does he even own the rights anymore because someone stole it and he's not in possession of it? I can't. Oh, so that has nothing to do with anything that I care about. But what I did realize was a few years ago, Wu Tang Mm -hmm. did an album. And they made one copy of the album. I think it was Solid Gold. I'm not sure or not. Okay. And they sold it to one person for I can't remember how much. Maybe Dante can go. There was like a bidding war for it or something. Martin Shkreli bought it. The farmer bro. What? You're kidding. Dante, hurry up. Get twiddling. And that's what made me think of it because. Uh, I said that they could pay $90,000 and then Brian and I would do for $90,000, we we'll do one month of episodes of every, every single day, day for $90,000. So Great. if somebody wants to pay that money, they that's 90000 each, just so yep. people know. That not. But if somebody wants to pay $90,000, we will do that. Uh, $2 million. $2 million. But in some Jay. ways, Thanks, that was the original NFT. Sure. Yeah. Because they made one thing one person could own. Yep. Did the FBI repossess it when they sent him to jail? Dante does it say he'll never get that out by the end? By the time I we're done. Wonder if with they us. did. Also. Uh, so anyway, that was where my mind went, and that you know that's how quick, quick my computer is. That only took a split second for me to have all. Well, those apparently thoughts. NFTs are like great for the seller, but like not for the buyer. 
Why would they be? How are they good for anything? They're destroying the planet. I know. And they're for people who have money that they should be giving to charity. I don't mean, I don't, they're not worth anything. So I don't understand, you know, some stupid, you know, people that live in the cloud value. Exactly. You may as well be Sims. The government sold it. For how much? How much money? Oh boy. Mm -hmm. This is a developing story. I do like that Dante's learned to not talk and to just type. (laughs) I will say that. Ron, and now I'm worried that he's going to talk. I know, but don't worry. He's not going to mouse in on this. I won't have it. (laughs) Um, Uh, Okay. So listen to me. We've got a hot, hot guest. This is a big publicity week, fam. He's got a book coming out. Oh, my God. He's got gosh. a show coming out. Oh, my which is a, I'm going to call it a reboot. It's not. It's, sure. It's not a sequel or same, a this same or different. That. Right. Of Queer, Queer as Folk. folk. Yeah. Who else what is on this show? Do you him? know? Oh, gosh. Um, you don't I know one of the that. performers from Pose is on it. and mm, Never mind. I didn't know if there was somebody famous on it. Maybe there is. Playing um, the grandmother. Right, exactly. <laughs> Dante, did we figure out how much they paid for it at auction? Mm, TikTok. Do, 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 do. Nope is his answer. Nope. The answer is no. What a Dante word nope is. Isn't that a Dante word? Nope. It is. Not no, but nope. Yeah. It is. It is very, very uh, Dante. All right, dear. Without further ado... I can't wait to welcome into the carriage house, Ryan O'Connell. Love it. Rana, listen to this sound. <gasps> Does that put a smile on my face? What is that? I got to tell you, Rana, this is the sound of another sale on Shopify. Uh-huh. The all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Oh, I know Shopify. We use it for Ask Rana Coffee. Of course we do. Among other things, yeah. We use it because it gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business so that upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. So Rana, we don't have to be a Fortune 500 company to do this. I'll tell you what, that's entirely true because I'm on Shopify every minute. There you go. Trying to see where our sales are. I'm very involved and it makes it so easy for me. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities because believe me, what did we start selling on this podcast, Ron? I think we, our first thing we ever sold was maybe like a t shirt. A t shirt. And what are we selling now? Are you kidding me? Pardon me, we're selling uh, a cocktail club. Are you serious? In addition to our own beverage, a Negrana, our own personalized it's alcoholic unreal. beverage. In addition to our fabulous coffee, of course, which never goes out of style. And Rana, I have a feeling we're not stopping there because success, no. I wrote, I came up with this. Success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path. It sounds like you came up with that. Thank you, I did. Like Ask Rana, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. So any size, you can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps like Facebook, like Instagram, like TikTok, like Pinterest, and MOA. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. Rana loves looking at the numbers. Honestly, that sounds boring. I'll tell you something. If you're running a Shopify it's store, kind of a thrill. it is so exciting. I love looking at the chats. I love looking up the dates. I love looking and saying, well, this time last year, how did we do? Or this compared to this. I absolutely, it's a 
thrill. And as we grow, Rana, Shopify grows with us. It's more than a store. It's possibility powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash askrana, all lowercase. Thank you. For a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Oh, forget trial. The second they try this, if they really have a business and something they're selling, you're in. There's no turning back. So grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash askrana right now. Shopify.com slash askrana. Attention Carriage House members, Rana here to tell you all about Anchor.fm. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create our podcast. And let me tell you something. You can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Now, wait a minute. I'm so excited. I know this guy. I love this guy. What do you mean you know him? Excuse me, Rana. He's been on Attitudes a couple times, and he is, as far as I'm concerned, Mr. Provincetown, USA, three years running, four years running. I don't know how long he's been going. Mr. P-Town, USA. Mr. P-Town, USA. He is absolutely brilliantly funny. Quick as a... uh, A dick. Quick uh, as a dick. Cheetah. Yeah, what do people say? Quick as as a a what? Quick as a what? (laughs) Quick as a cheetah. I'll tell you another thing about this guy. This is a big day, big week for him. Today, this is his... We have him on the podcast on his actual pub date, I believe is what they call it. Isn't that what they call it when the book comes out? Out today. It's out today? His new novel, Just by Looking at Him, which which he's going to tell us a little bit about. And then on the 9th, pardon me, he's starring as Julian in his Queer as Folk. So anyone Which I guess we're not supposed to call it a reboot. It's a reinvention. A reimagining. A reimagining. Yes. A reinterpretation. He'll tell us. He'll tell us what they told him to say, and then he'll say that. Ryan O'Connell is here. Hi, Ryan. I can't. Not to mention from special on Netflix. We've got a Netflix star here. (laughs) And an Emmy nominee. How did he have any time for us this week? We'll never That's understand. That's what I want to know. This is a That's busy week how for him. important we are as a podcast, I suppose. This is. I'm a, I'm a really good person. Actually, I think how this <laughs> happened is that my friend Bianca is a diehard fan of yours and was like, okay, you need to go on Ask Rana. I'm addicted. Oh, really? And then, yeah. And then all of a sudden it was bing, 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 bing. It just happened, babe. It just happened. Who I is this it. Bianca? Congratulations, Ryan. What a week. I know. What a wonderful week. Thank you. You know, I would. I just want to go on the record that I would never be as annoying as to request two of my projects coming out the same week. It's just if you're gay and you make something, it by law has to come out during Pride Month. It like actually does. That's of true. It does. You're, oh my god, you're right. You're yeah, not kidding, Naomi Ekparrigan. Oh, are we going to talk about is? her? Yeah, of course I know Naomi. Hello. She's often my co-host when Brian's out of town. I got to be honest really, with you. I she live does such for a horrible weeks. job. I live for those Ryan. weeks. I really Let's do. drag her straight to hell. Such she a honestly, breath of fresh air. I've been trying. So mm-hmm. funny, so naturally gifted. She's okay. Today she posted, <laughs> do you know what Bach Box is? Like a dark box? Bach Box is like a gift 
box for dogs. So if like your a, friend gets a, a, a dog, a new dog, you buy them a box box and they get one month, two months, three months, six months, and every month they get a couple of new toys. Back hmm. box for Pride Month. I could hear has you say something, that all day, Rana. Back box yeah. has something <laughs> called a Galien. And What's it's a that? Gay, it's a gay alien chew toy. <laughs> And wow. she posted. She posted back boxes. Lost their minds. They've what lost, makes it? What makes it gay? Their, they've lost their plot. Look, it came here from another planet. Told everyone it was gay. It's none of your business. That's, You're right. So, that's what so choices powerful. the alien makes. It wow. Is really but she Stone, absolutely Stonewall said Stonewall could never. Stonewall and by the way, never. props on Mabel, <laughs> Naomi's dog, for accepting it immediately. Yeah. I, oh I, God. I, I no question asked. I think the Galian was a plotline in Roland Emmerich's reimagining of Stonewall. I think it must that have was, been. Yeah, it absolutely. Must have been. I remember the. Galian I'm going to see that, if I can show one. it to you. Hold the on. Only, the only, yeah, exactly. The, 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 uh, I, by the way, what she a took wonderful it down. telling she took of it that down. story. She probably oh, really, when a white twink threw the first brick, I mean, accurate, I'm accurate, sobbing. Accurate. I'm sobbing. <laughs> sobbing, sobbing. Okay, uh, Ryan. So anyway, tell us about the book and tell, tell us, us about, about the, the show. And then we have to get to what this show is really about, which is helping people that don't have two projects coming out in one week. What do I do? Oh, yes. no, yeah. I'm lying. How do I do all no, the I'm, publicity I'm so in scared. one week? I'm so week. scared for them. I'm so scared. And make it to Provincetown in time for my rental. Thank you so much for holding space for my pain because it is real. <laughs> and th- thank you so much. And I am lighting a diptyque candle for everyone that doesn't have two projects coming out in June. I'm actually scared for them. And I, I acknowledge. Do. I'm literally my well, teeth are Well, we give away a lot of Malabo candles on this podcast. That's the other thing. At the end of the podcast, we've picked the saddest soul of the three letters. No, uh, we the pick letters who, we get, oh, we whoever speaks to us and they always get something. And yeah. often they get a Lalabo Palo Santo cube. Oh, I don't amazing. know what's happening today. Well, Lalabo we'll La has a new fragrance for pride. I think they're going to call it cum dumpster slut, which I oh, love. Great. But how do you oh, say yeah. that in French? You say, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's more German, but still yeah, Con- you're on the continent. You're on the continent. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about what's going Ryan, tell on us about here. The okay, okay. The book is called Just by Looking at Him. I don't know. It's kind of like a tromedy about the self and the body. I don't know. It's like, what how do I describe it? What does that mean? It's, a tromedy okay, about a the tromedy. self and the body. I like that. It's like, it's trauma, but it's make it lol. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but what's um, the self and the body part? Well, it's basically about, I mean, you're not going to believe this, but it's about I already a, don't. I already know you you're nothing but a charlatan and a and a No, it's actor. image issues. I'm a fucking scammer. Absolutely. You um, are you take it to the top. Steve Glass. This over limp here. I have yeah. isn't even real. I've been I've been I've been limping to get ahead in Hollywood. Once they, we have lunch in person, <laughs> I'll make my decisions about it. Hollywood cares so much about disability that I knew the only way to get ahead was to <laughs> That's the only way. They, That's yeah, the way well, in. Absolutely. Uh, um okay. So, ha, 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 life is dark. Okay, so basically... But it is. That's where the comedy comes from. Um, okay, so just by looking at me, you're not going to believe this, but he's a um, gay, disabled television writer with a okay. drinking problem. But it's, not, but it's not nonfiction. It's not. Yes. And, um, it's a Ramona Clef. It's... I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's yeah, a, it's a it piece of jewelry, right, Rana? Yeah, it is. A Romana yeah. Clef, I believe, is a novel that is like a novelization. Oh, so like you Harper. sort of Harper. Yes. Yeah. Like oh, yeah, based yeah. in reality-ish. Yeah. yeah. God, how good is Harper? Ryan, yeah, I have so to tell good. you, though, what? it is no... I know this from... 
I think there's a big difference, by the way, between writing a memoir and writing a novel. And in my head, a novel is about 100,000 times more difficult. So I have to tell you, what you have done is certainly no easy feat, and I'm dying to know how many years it took. I'm not okay. Can I actually blow your mind and actually take everything you know and put it into a blender? Yeah. Um. So my memoir, which I got LOL at the age of dot 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 twenty six, pray for us. Um, took me approximately forty million years to write. What essentially oh, and this am- didn't. Well, yeah, to what essentially amounted to a pamphlet that was sold at Urban Outfitters, right. and this book I wrote in three months. I know it's really scary. I don't think that's weird. I think it's that you had the permission to look when you're writing a memoir. Maybe because it wasn't your first or something. But you also have to take, you're also (laughs) taking stock of your own life and you're constantly holding yourself to account about what did I really think about this? What do I think about it now? What do I want to be honest about? What do I want to share? What don't I want to share? I thought I wanted to share everything. Now I don't. But you have artistic license with the book that you wrote, which is maybe this is me. Maybe it isn't. Maybe and also maybe I'm writing some of what I know and maybe I'm writing some of what I'm interested in. So like you give yourself that freedom. I yes. bet the, I bet it's a fantastic read. You you haven't been kind enough to send us a free copy yet. So Are I you kidding me? It, oh my god, LOL. Well, that's <laughs> that's gonna change. No, that's I'm not sure okay. it's on the I'm way. I'm gonna buy it's it. Are you kidding me? I'm gonna buy it, Ryan. I'm well, we're gonna do what we always do, which is when people come on the show. And uh, they have a book coming out. I always buy five or six copies and then I hand them out to people when they come through my door because we've got to support authors, of course. Absolutely. Oh, that's powerful. Thank you. Yes. Really? Let them re- and teach them how to read too. You know, I really have- Authors should oh, know how to read. I am with you there. Did I'm, you have I'm, fun I'm writing this book? I did. So I wrote yeah. it. I wrote it like a month into lockdown, special at shutdown production. I was obviously feeling very lame as a rob and very unmoored and out of control, sure. which I don't love. Yeah. And I just was like, I'm going to do a little writing exercise because this world is hell. So why don't I build a new one for about a couple hours a day and get lost in there? And yeah, a thousand words a day. And I, and I thought, wow. okay, surely I will run out of steam and hit some sort of wall. And I just never did. And that's how I got the first draft in three months was that Amazing. once I just started writing it, it kind of, it sounds so corny to say. And I feel like every writing, like, I feel like I should say, this was hell. It deleted years off my life. I was miserable. But um, it really was this really pure, joyous writing experience where it just flowed out of me. And I feel like I'm screwed forever because I'm never going to have something like that. That's, fun. That's amazing, though. I mean, you know, when it's there, it's there. When you know what you want to do, you know what totally. you want to do. Totally. And yeah. how nice to trust that. That's the thing. I think artists think that they have to be tortured all of the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... When it's right, it's right, as Brian was saying. And if it's there, it's there. And sometimes it's just really good. It's just the moment that it's supposed to come and happen. It doesn't have to be had to be good. But you do have to be committed to it for it to be good, obviously. Yes. And I had a lot of diamonds. You know what I mean? I had a lot of not diamonds to expel from my body and my brain. So I think that was a lot of that, too, was sort of just needing to exercise. like Linda. And also having just done the other show, probably all of these sort of stories and tidbits and this is and that or themes you wanted to explore or threads or cards left on the board. I would love to we were going to do this this. and that's I just want to put it out there. (laughs) But cards (laughs) on the board that you thought, oh, we're going to deal with this in this episode. And then you didn't. Yeah. And then 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 you sort of thought, well, here's (laughs) no, but you thought here's another way to tell 
pieces of that story or use that joke or whatever it is. And fabulous. Yeah. Luckily for me, there's almost no content about being queer and disabled because of a systemic oppression. Right. <laughs> so there's a, <laughs> there's a lot to explore. Sure. That's right. Oh, wait, yeah, we're not reading that being like, oh, we know this story. We've all seen this. Well, you know what's funny is that not to be like whatever, but when we went out with it, I remember hearing back from a few publishing houses that it felt sort of similar to special. And to that I say, did anyone say to Sally Rooney, hey, maybe you should stop writing the same story about uh, straight people that just somehow don't know how to communicate with each other, that live in Ireland and have literary aspirations? Did anyone say to Noah Baumbach, Hmm, maybe you should stop, you know, exploring the same, you know, Upper West Side milieu or the, the whatever. You know, yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's sort of... Or so they Coppola. said that as a criticism. Well, a little bit. And it's so funny yeah. because there's But such... also, how ridiculous. I mean, totally this is ridiculous. what you are. You're a voice. This is my voice, okay? But it's, but it's Everything also like... I do, that's going to be imbued in it in some way, whether it's a goddamn cartoon or whether it's red. Well, I have this You're going to be where... proud of it. Yeah. I mean, I have this theory that, like, if you're marginalized it's like you're given this one slot to exist and yeah. once you get that opportunity they're like okay you're good you did mm-hmm. it right okay bye-bye moving on right. or we Meanwhile, can have one i don't of even those. think that's a theory i think that's yeah, basically a fact. i agree yeah and, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like it's sort of like when you want more it's sort of like how dare you there's sort of this feeling of like you already did that but thing. it's like what else do you want from us we did it right yeah right yeah they, exactly they're sort exactly. of saying do you have any other stories yeah yeah, exactly. And by the way, this is a, this you is a think completely this different is a whole story. life. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. This, this is a completely different story. It just so happens to also feature a gay disabled person. And I just, it's so, it's such a profound lack of imagination to like group it with special and whatever. Did you did you run any of this by Candace Bushnell? Did she read a, a galley or such anything? Such a good question. Well, we had a falling out because she knows what she did. So I don't even want to fucking go yeah. there, Brian. I get it. Thank, thank you for bringing up I'm that. I'm so past sorry. Hand. I knew I was going to trigger you somehow, yeah. and I didn't yeah. anticipate that would be it. But Not on the cool. other hand, you obviously found some partners who understood what you wanted to do and True. have published the book, and it's exciting and it's coming out today. Yeah. No, so it's, why don't, it's, why don't it's you stop great. bitching about everybody who didn't want what you wanted, huh? And say because thank I you like to the people that did. I like to hold people accountable. I don't blame <laughs> you. No, I think what you said is absolutely on the money and it has real value. And people have to understand showbiz isn't just because you had one thing, everybody gives you the next thing. You got to claw your way to it every time. That's right. Yeah. That's right. True. Just, True. Ask, Brian, just ask Warren Beatty. Brian's doing a tap dance after this show with a, I don't know what. A bucket well, outside my only, house, just to get so I can let him come back tomorrow. Because every day I say you fired when he's. I have got. Over. I have got to sing for my supper around here. That's yeah, true. I say That's don't. Powerful. Don't yeah. bring that queer ideology back to the show tomorrow. No, she's very, Rana. Yeah. You should know is very anti-LGBT. That's the first. <laughs> oh, thing I should love know. that. Yeah, it's I mean, pretty fresh. Finally, <laughs> you know it's what? Fresh. Hot I take. Just, I'm just counterculture. <laughs> I like to do what everybody's what everyone isn't doing. That's true. So That's you fresh. must have really loved Roland Emmerich Stonewall. <laughs> yeah, she loved it. She was like finally an accurate story. I loved it so much I couldn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. Ryan. Here's the, we're not here to do anything except be of service to people. Right. Okay. So, yeah. As yes, much this as, is a calling. I feel that. I feel that. This is yeah. a calling. Now, That's listen, radiating from the Zoom. Yeah. N- none of us are therapists <laughs> or expert opinion givers, no. but we all know how to speak from the heart. Or so I would say the heart. And uh-huh. so basically what we're going to do is we're going to read a few letters and we're going to answer to the best of our abilities. What but we, we really do give people honest, genuine we advice. Do. And if they write in, Ryan... They know they're getting a complete answer. 
If they okay. put themselves on the chopping block, it doesn't mean that we're going to be unkind to them. But if you ask a question here, you're going to get an answer. Correct. Okay. That's usually how that works, right? Question and oh, answer. No. <laughs> Some people ask a question to be told what they what they've asked to be have their life, uh, their worldview of reaffirmed for them. Oh, mm-mm, mm-mm. that's like a lot of therapists in Los Angeles. TBQH. We're not going to do it. Correct. And yeah. just to, just to tie up the Ryan O'Connell of it all, just just so that we say it one more time, the book is out today. Just by looking at him, and also uh, the Peacock show, really queer as folk on Peacock is coming out. <laughs> Also this week, which is very so exciting. exciting. Yeah. I mean, you. really, what an exciting week. And then oh, how good is that vacation in Provincetown going to be? Because you really feel like I know. I've done two amazing I things. This. I can go relax. Yeah. yeah for, for one week, I will be. Um, yeah. Well, it's me and Leslie Jordan holding down the P-Town Fort. Good and for then, you. It's just the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> palling yeah. around. I love yep. it. Love it. I can't okay. wait to see you TikToks. <laughs> me too. Uh, I think they're you, called talk ticks. Oh, well, what do are I Are you know? ready for the uh Are you going to read first the first question? one? Sure, I'm happy to. Okay. Dear Ron O'Brien, and remarkable guest. Certainly. If applicable, and That's, it certainly oh is. God. It certainly is. I wanted to start off. First, it says, please don't use my name. And then it says, I wanted to start off this letter thanking you for the tremendous amount of entertainment over the years. Rana, I've been following you for many years. And Brian, I've been listening to Attitude since the beginning. Your company has helped with some tough times. Very nice. All right, I'll get to it. I'm writing to you today as I'm having problems with a clingy friend. Mm. I'll give you a small backstory. I'll try. Sometimes these letters are very long, Ryan. Rana, for context, I'm a 31-year-old gay man. Does that mean I'm over the bad age? So Rana has a theory that every man at 29 loses their minds and is just uh, impossible. Which oh, I would say true. 27, but yeah, 29 works too. That's yeah. Saturn Returns vibes, right? Isn't that Saturn Returns vibes? I think that's build, right. Don't build your life on a 29-year-old foundation. Correct. That's real. So. Yeah. In late January, I reconnected with an acquaintance I knew about 11 to 12 years ago on Tinder. Let's call him Jay. It eventually turned into a friends with benefits situation, but as it goes with those, I developed feelings. Jay and I hung out every weekend. We would spend it cuddling and watching TV, meeting each other's friends, and spending time together. When I voiced my feelings, it was not cuddling. When I voiced my feelings, it was not reciprocated. He said he saw us working better as friends. I understood, but you're aware feelings don't just disappear. We still continue to hang out like normal, having the occasional spat because we would go out to the club and he'd get wasted and be all over another guy in front of me. He'd be mm-hmm. like, you need to be aware that there's going to be other people around, or I'm not looking for a boyfriend, and if I was, it wouldn't work with you. I'm looking for my forever person. What a sweetheart. Sidebar, I'm a monogamous person, and he has never dated anyone and has told me he sees polyamory as more for him. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Cut to now four months Poly- later. I- polyamory and Netflix and chill. Exactly. Yeah. Right. He sort of wants, yeah. All right. Cut to now four months later. I got over my feelings purely because I needed to for me. We still see each other most weeks. However, lately I've been trying to expand my horizons and catch up with my long-term friends and make new ones. Here's the point. He's constantly like, am I invited? Why wouldn't you invite me? Why would he be? We aren't a couple. I understand he has told me he doesn't have many friends, but I'm not his fail-safe in terms of weekend plans. It also makes me uncomfortable as I have recently gone on a couple dates with a lovely guy, and I feel like I'm guilty of hiding something by not telling Jay what I'm actually doing. I'd say I'm having dinner with friends, and he'd say, oh, can I come too? There's no point telling him right now about this guy I've been hanging out with, at least unless it turns into something more serious, but what if it does? I shouldn't have to feel guilty for not staying in a situation that's not going to go anywhere, question mark. Mm. 
Jay is a good friend who is supportive, but how do I tell him I need to be able to socialize with an S? So this is a UK or Canada. Mm-hmm. and not have him there every second. Sorry for the long letter and your thoughtful advice. C. Wow. Ryan. What do I you mean, think? I, I feel like I'm so, I'm going to be way harsh, Ty, because I feel like I am so triggered by neediness in people. I do yeah. not like it. Like, I cannot imagine, if I ever said to a friend, well, can I come? Like, truly 5150 me at Cedar sinai That is just not my journey. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, like when you're like in a, you're, you're like, let's say you're traveling to New York and someone from New York goes like, you're here? You're here? Uh, by the way, uh, by the way, is there is there anything more devastating than the you're here? Yeah. And it's like, let's hang out. It's like, honey, we would have hung out. Like, I would have told you. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, let, let it die by feist. You know what I mean? So like, I, like, <laughs> I, I truly am like pretty cutthroat island when it comes to like dealing with neediness from people because it's just insecurity and insecurity takes up way too much space and becomes a projection. So I, I, I don't know. I would just... I would kind of give it to this person. I would call them out for their neediness, but I don't know. I mean, also, I'm conflict-averse TBH, so I would just ghost. I'm actually, I'm probably not the one to ask. <laughs> because I would, I would be like, you're psych- that took like, such a turn. I'd be like, your neediness is like truly devastating me. And like, I need to abort, abort, abort. But he um, seems to want a friendship with this person. Is that right? Yeah, Brian? but he does. The only thing that the thing that, that in, especially in terms of neediness, the first thing that I thought was annoying from the letter writer was that he would get upset with his friend when his friend told him he wasn't interested and they would go out together and the friend would be interested in another guy that I don't like that vibe. I've had yeah. that like I've had yeah. friends who have that vibe and it's just I don't like it. OK, Brian, I'm right here. You can call me out. I'm right Brian here. Brian gets so fucking clingy with me and gets so <laughs> yeah. mad whenever I hook up. With How, dare How, How dare you? How dare you? How dare I? Well, wait, but who also, are we calling clingy? Are well, we calling I know, I was clingy just the letter one, writer or the friend? Yeah. The one behavior of the letter writer that he mentioned of going out with his friend. Yeah. And and also him being like, he's not monogamous because he says he's monogamous and that's why he um, doesn't want to hook up with a lot of people. But then he also told me he's polyamorous. So who knows what's going on? It's sort of like, yeah. well, we know that he's not interested in you. And I don't mean that harshly, but that whatever he says, that's what well, that means. Well, it seems like there's been a troll reversal in the relationship because it seems like he had a crush yes, on exactly. him. exactly. And then, and then he wasn't interested, and now he's moved on. And now the, I think the guy is being classic in the sense that he's sensing he's moving on. Totally. That guy probably liked having the attention, and now yeah. that the attention is gone, it's exactly. like, Wait, what about And me? that's where I was going, that I think, honestly, what has happened here is this guy is sensing that you are moving on. Yeah. And exactly what you said. Yes. And that now he's sort of like, whoa, what's I was the I was the one getting attention here. I was the one being fawned over. I was the one who was like the plus one. And it's a common thing. Everyone has felt that when a friend gets into a relationship. But this is a little different because there might even be some narcissism here. Yes. And he also wants him to choose him over the other people. Mm -hmm. Or the other possibility is that he also just wants to expand his social circle. He he being the friend of the writer. Uh, and just wants to do that predatory thing again, that this is no different than the club. You're going to invite him to brunch and he's going to hit on your friend or ask your friend out. The letter was giving, I have one friend. (laughs) It was. And you know what? Honestly, what you should, that's the, what you just said was perfect. Like just, if if you honestly just say something like, look, I, I want to make friends and I want to make my own friends. So I, if you can't understand that, I don't know what we're doing. Like, I, I just also how what could be complicated about that? Also, anyone that you feel like you have to hide 
then the fact that you're dating someone is usually like not a good sign. No, bueno. I would throw it in his fucking But I face. think it's not a good sign. I think it's not a good sign that his crush isn't gone if he doesn't want to tell him that he's dating somebody else. That's, yeah, that could be. I think he still has feelings for the guy who said he doesn't want anything with him. Yeah, and of course. So that, and so that he doesn't want to tell him he's dating someone else now because he wants to leave. They have a mutual codependence thing happening here where the one who was getting all the attention wants the attention and the one that has the crush is still holding on to the idea that the one that wants all the attention wants it from him. Yes. It's not a healthy friendship. Yeah. Well, actually, you can just actually lean into the codependency and become a throuple. Like, I love that. There you go. There you go. But they'll never, this the letter writer will never feel in that ridiculous situation that it will be even. No, I know. It will always, this is what I just, I don't think. I think you do still have feelings for Jay, but just so you know, you can go down that path as much as you want. It will never work. Um, Jay is probably a narcissist or I don't know. It's just, I think it's a personality type to know someone has a crush on you and to still want to hang out with them all the time, even though you don't want to do anything. I think that's, I think that's strange. Alison Dubois voice. Know that. Know, know that. that. Well, know that. there's also a little bit of pandemic thrown in here, which is that people yeah. had, a lot of people had, two or three people that they hung out with during the pandemic. Yeah. And so now he's sort of breaking out of that mold a little bit, which is I'm ready to go see other people. I'm ready to date other people. I'm ready to expand my horizons. Yeah. And this guy is thinking, aren't we still getting a takeaway and watching a movie on Saturday night? Mm -hmm. Oh, you're not? You're going to a bar? Well, why aren't you inviting me? I'm basically, the the, the crux of the matter is that he has been his boyfriend without being his boyfriend for the last two years or however long. So he Mm -hmm. wants to keep doing the boyfriend, no boyfriend. And the other one is saying, no, you don't want the same things. So if you really don't want to be a boyfriend, no boyfriend, then you say, you're not invited to everything. I have other friends. Why wasn't I invited? Because I didn't feel like it. I'm going out with somebody else. Because I don't like your stupid face. Yeah. yeah I don't want to. I mean, I have other friends too. I yeah. don't know what to tell you. I, I want to go do this. And you're putting me in a bad position, even asking me. You're not invited. Yeah. Possessiveness is not cheap. Yeah. How about something on? Sorry, I already made these plans. How about something on Sunday? Yep. Oh, yeah. God's, God's day. God's but day. But really, exactly. this isn't. This this has run its course, my dear. That's the problem. Yeah. And everybody is putting is transferring all the feelings into the wrong baskets. He's you're both having this sort of relationship, no relationship, and you both really want other things. Or you both don't want to give to each other the things that each other, you know, wants from you or whatever. So it's not gonna work. But time to time to fly out of the nest there, sweetheart. A guy who's obsessed with you but also won't fuck you, like, welcome to your 20s. And also, Ugh. just give him to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to our next question. My dearest Rana and Brian, and guest, pardon me. Excuse me. <laughs> My I'm erasure. A, I'm a 34-year-old gay man. See, this is a very gay podcast, Ryan. I apologize. Yeah, right. Especially because you're anti LGBT. This must be so That's hard. That's what I'm it's saying. It's very difficult for her. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's this called, is a you're tough doing, moment for me. You're doing full exposure therapy. Imagine how hard this is for me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm a 34 year old gay man who has been plagued by addiction for most of his adult life. Unfortunately, like so many gay men, I turned to drugs and alcohol in my teens to cope with the shame I felt because I was gay. I hit what I had hoped would be my last rock bottom at the beginning of the pandemic. When I received the memo from work that we would that we were transitioning to the quote work from home module, I was terrified. Mm. 
For context, it's a very, it's a very hot felt letter. Uh, I work for a company that produces adult content. My job is to review said content to make sure it meets compliance standards. I knew it was inevitable, inevitable that my addictions would bring me to my knees without the structure and responsibility of having to physically go into the office. Okay, that's interesting. I took about a month and a, it took about a month and a half before I finally called my mother to accept the help she had been desperately offering me for years. She paid for a three-month inpatient program. It was not cheap. I'll never forget the day she picked me up on my last day of treatment. She broke down in tears, expressing her joy of finally having her son back. I managed to stay sober for a year and a half. I relapsed in October and have been on a very scary decline ever since. I feel such shame, guilt, and disgust over this. I know I'm responsible. Oh, dear. I'm so sorry to hear that. I know I'm responsible for the choices I've made that have led me to this point. I've let everybody close to me down yet again. I hesitate to reach out to ask for help because of the money that has already been spent. I realize you two are not professionals in this regard. You have both been a constant voice in my ear for the better part of a decade now. Consider this a very desperate attempt from a broken person who truly does not know if they are worth saving. Reaching out for literally any type of advice, love forever and always. Kyle. Kyle, my heart is absolutely broken for you. That is so sad. Um, yeah. I think, hmm. I think you need to ask for help. Absolutely. Yeah. These people love you, dear. They do Everybody. not, they do yeah. not want to live in a world without you. Mm-hmm. And so forget about the money, the shame, the grocery bill. The shame is what got you in this place in the first place. Totally. It is the most useless of all feelings and emotions. It is the reason that you are spiraling. It's the reason that you turned, as you said, to drugs and alcohol or whatever it was in you when yeah. you were a young person, which so many people do. And of course is understandable. And this is your this was your trajectory, but it doesn't have to be your whole story. And, it doesn't. Yeah. Ryan, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. You say whatever you want to say. No, I just, I mean, it just really resonated with me because I got sober during the pandemic. I've had two rounds with two rounds of addiction because one wasn't enough. Um, the first was uh, with opiates in my twenties, which I abused from like the ages of twenty one to twenty seven, and then kind of got clean cold turkey from. Um, which wow. I look, I look back and I'm like, wow, hashtag blessed. I don't know how the fuck I did that. That's very um, hard. Yeah, it's very hard, but it was like it was a kind of confluence of things and. I was very fortunate to find my way out of it. Um, and then I had a, a slippery slope with alcohol um, that started in my early 30s, which was very shocking to me because I had been drinking for 12 years, quote unquote, normally. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just sort of a, a steady decline. And then the pandemic, as the the writer is mentioning, um, I kind of knew that the pandemic would fast track things with drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, obviously on Instagram, social media, we saw everyone being like, ha ha ha, like vodka at 9am, which actually is like incredibly dark. Um, and I was definitely one of those people that was using alcohol to cope. Um, you know, everyone is worth saving, obviously. Um, I had done NA and AA. Um, those programs personally did not work for me. They've worked for so many people mm-hmm. and they've saved so many lives. I, it sounds... Truly, truly insane, but 
I read a book called This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. I'm like, hashtag sponsored. Um, no, but it, it really <laughs> did, it really did kind of change my life because, um, I don't know what this particular, uh, writer's addictions are, um, drugs, alcohol, whatever. I mean, I think you can kind of replace alcohol with drugs and it sort of is the same vibe, but it, this book kind of talks about, um, society's obsession with booze and how we worship at the altar of booze and how it's been really conditioned into us at an early age that we can't have X, Y, and Z without alcohol. Um, and just seeing the power that alcohol has over us and what we've grown up with, like I'm flashing back to like Christina Applegate drinking red wine at 11 a.m. and it being really funny. And Hoda and Kathy Lee having mom juice at 10 a.m. Like, lol, that's really funny. If you replace that with them taking Vicodin, you'd be like, wow, they really need help. Yeah. Um, it's also just like alcohol and drugs are addictive. I think people get kind of caught in this thinking of like, oh, well, are you, are you genetic predisposed? What's your history of addiction in your family? It's like, well, Anyone can get addicted. It's not your fault. Between yeah. the fact that these are addictive substances, between the fact that we live in a culture that encourages this kind of behavior, I felt like reading this book, I felt it like was very, very empowering. Uh-huh. Um, it's called This Naked Mind. This Naked Mind. It turned uh-huh. out I was wearing, my mind was wearing like 40 layers of clothing. <laughs> um, but it just, I felt like the, the, the writer here, I felt very ashamed. I felt like I have triumphed over so many things. Why can't I triumph over alcohol? I mean, mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, I quit painkillers. How can I not quit alcohol? Um, it was really just, I walked away from reading this book, truly believing this is not my fault. And we go to, you know, we go to great lengths to not feel like addiction could happen to any one of us. But the reality is, is it can. And it's, sure. not, it's not anyone's fault. And we, again, like the culture that we're brought in really contributes to that harmful thinking and it contributes to addiction. Um, it's so, not just your burden. It is also it, happening. I think it's tricky because what you don't want to do is, you know, sell everyone a narrative of this is happening to you, that it, that you don't have a personal responsibility in it. The truth is that it lives on the edge of these things, which is how you interact with the world, what's happening in your environment, on in some cases what you're predisposed to. But it is absolutely true that your mental health is just like your your regular health. It is a it is a it's great when it's great, and when it's not, you it can be a slippery slope so quickly and the thing and so is- hard to come back from, and it's tough tough work. And just the same way as you have to rehab a leg if you break it. Nobody says, well, why don't you just walk? Well, yeah. stop stop not walking. You I know, will it also takes say, time to heal. And I don't know the appropriate language for addiction or anything like that. So I, I might yeah. be talking out of my ass. Same, but I will say same. you you went to rehab and for a year and a half, it worked. So it clearly has worked for you. You've done so it. You've done it. So yeah. just listen. And I, I can't imagine it's a rare thing for people to slip back into addiction. It's probably not that rare, but I think the more times that you try to kick it in a really useful way, like a rehab or something that that would like a program, whether it's AA or whether it's a rehab, I, I think probably the better you get at it, but for a year and a half, you were successful. So my guess is you would go back and who knows how long, I mean, it would probably be longer. 
I don't know. And, and I just, maybe you need to change hurt. a few other things about your life, which sure. is you say right in the letter, you knew that the lack of structure of not going to the office, et cetera, et cetera, was going to be a problem for you. So I'm not saying be the only person that goes into the office, but it may very well be that this job, you know, is not the job for you doing compliance for pornography where everyone, you know, that's a look, go ahead and enjoy it any way you want. I have no issue with that, but it's a, it can be a grubby business from time to time. And that may not be the world that you need to inhabit. Maybe you need to be working outside or working at a Starbucks for a couple of months or whatever it is, somewhere you have to be somewhere every day and somebody's looking for you and that that gives you a life structure. And it doesn't mean you're, you're a guy that can't do this or a person that can do that. It just means you need a little peace of mind to get your life on track and that you know that about yourself. And, you know, I don't mean to say everyone has to go become a barista, but I'm just saying that you maybe need a little more structure and then things will fall into place a little bit. And then from there you could find another job that's fulfilling in the way that this job is fulfilling. And but you know that about yourself now. Something's I mean, you not know that working that's what you need. with that's the way that it is. That's a big step in itself. But you have to ask for help. You really just yeah. do. And you, your, you, family your family loves wants to you. do it. Yes. Your mother, think about the look on your mother's face. That, that, that thought that you invoke or that moment that you invoke is the moment of all she was saying is, I have missed you and I'm happy to have you back. And so what she isn't going to say is, oh, I can't believe I spent $32,000 on this. She's going to say to herself, how quickly can we get you back to when you were happy? She just wants you to be happy and thriving and wants you and doesn't want to imagine a life without you. None of these people do. These are not people that have turned their back on you. These are people that want you alive and healthy and healthy and want to help you overcome this. And I'm sure everyone feels they could have supported you more when you were a teen or in your early 20s when you were figuring out your, you know, identity and what it meant to when I don't know what your coming out story is, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm sure that there's some feeling in your family that this is something that they can do for you now that maybe they didn't do for you then too. And that everybody just wants you to make peace with this on some level so that you don't feel like you need all of this. But it is absolutely true that everybody's mental health, if, I mean, if we haven't learned this in the pandemic, is it is such an easy thing to lose. Mm -hmm. As you say, Ryan, you, did, you never imagined this was going to be a problem for you. And then it became one. And that's a totally common thing that is happening and that people need to not have any shame around talking about. Also, you know, life doesn't exist in a clean narrative. Like we tell yeah. ourselves stories in order to live by Joan Didion. And I feel yes. like we, we like to think, okay, I triumphed over this thing. That part of my life is over. Oh, now I can move oh, on yeah. to the next chapter. It's not linear like that. Exactly. It's really not. And that's not a, a moral failing. That's not like anything. That's just sort yeah. of that. That's life. That's ebbs and flows. And mm -hmm. you have to be very forgiving to yourself. And, um, and, and just not perfect. That's part of you can't it. be perfect. Yeah. yeah. That's such an important, important, important thing to take a moment and process, which is it's absolutely true. And you don't know what curveballs life's going to throw at you. You think you're sober and it's fine. And then who knows? And two or three things can pile on to each other. And then what are you going to do? You start going for a drink and it's two drinks. And then I don't, da, 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 on and on and on. 
Okay, so now we've got to unpack it a little bit. And by the way, I guarantee you, if your family has an inkling of the fact that this is you're in a decline, which they probably do, they are going to be so relieved to hear you say that you want to get help. Absolutely. I mean, they're going to be thrilled. That's all they want to hear. Totally. Mm. You're very lucky. There's people that love you. They just want to help you. Yeah. You're not telling us, I don't know what to do. I have no way to turn. Do you know a place in you know Sacramento that has services? There are people that love you that want to help you. So let them. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't have to be a big, big. And also the other thing is they probably had to have an intervention for you last time. Imagine how, what a relief it is going to be for them that you're coming to them instead of them having to trap and wrestle you into doing this. Yeah. You do deserve it now. A I want you to do it life. right now. I want you to pick up the phone right now and do it. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let us know what happens, but. Yeah. This is not as desperate and as low as it sounds. This is just a moment. There's and a every out. step after this is going to be a step forward. So go get a nice hug from the people that love you and let them say, we'll tackle this together. That's what they want. You ready for the last question, everybody? I hope it's about fatting again like we had last, last time. time we, we had, had a okay. very serious Oh, wow. Question. The emotional whiplash. <laughs> it, was, it was a big whiplash last week. We went from something very serious to I can't stop farting. So- <laughs> Yeah, we we'll, love see, that. we'll see what this brings us. Dear Ronna, Brian, and lovely guest, my question is specific, but also general, and I'll keep it succinct. In college, I was in a, a band that was pretty successful, excuse me, and I also started the musical Pippin. Excuse me? I know. A, a random, celebrity, a local celebrity. A local celeb. to us, yeah. A random girl gave me a mixtape, I know, it was early 90s, after one of the show, with hand-drawn everything on the label. She had amazing taste. I remember it included Suzanne Vega's Queen and the Soldier. I don't know that one. Okay. Anyway, I kept... See, I honestly was expecting Ryan just now to be like, you don't know Queen and the Soldier? No, I mean, I know a lot, but Suzanne Vega's is kind of like blackout curtains for me. I mean, Yeah, sure. all I know is Tom's Diner and... Luke. Right. Yeah. Exa- exactly. Those yeah. are the correct things to know. Don't yeah. look at me. Anyway, I kept seeing her around <laughs> campus Don't like every me. day. As it turns out, <laughs> she had bribed someone in admissions to get my schedule and even had her friend take one of my classes, even though she wasn't in it, okay. to get any dirt. Am I missing something? Uh, Wait, I, how did we go from Suzanne Vegas to like doing In college, admission? I was in a band that was successful, excuse me, and also started the musical Pick Pippin. A random girl gave me a mixtape Early she 90s. She came after, after a show. She gave you a mixtape. Okay. After I wonder if it was after a show of Pippin or if after it was a band show. It doesn't matter. It was after but a performance. How does with, Pippin figure into this at all? This <laughs> person wants us to know that <laughs> they were, my favorite thing they were a star. <laughs> that they, that, oh, okay. That this okay, person came okay, after one of the okay. shows to say, oh my God, I love right. you. And I yeah. made you a mixtape. Groupy vibes. Got okay, it. she made yeah. her the mixtape with Suzanne Vega. Anyway, I kept seeing her around campus <laughs> like every day. Okay. So she was a big fan, I guess is what it was. Stalker. As it turns out, she had bribed someone in admissions Uh at the college Uh to get my schedule and even had her friend take one of my classes, even though she wasn't in it. Had her friend to, okay. Even though her friend wasn't actually involved in that class. Okay, starting a GoFundMe for her friend. Was also, was this person like a TA or a teacher? But anyway, go on, yeah. To get any dirt. I finally agreed to go to lunch with her, so I guess she that's where the jump is. I okay, guess she, so this she, person had been pestering her for lunch. She had a crush. Okay. okay. She had a crush. Okay. I finally agreed by to go to lunch. By the way, is this person a straight guy? 
I think this person we're going to find out okay. was a But I don't know if they're straight, but it's definitely is, a guy. If this is a straight guy, this is like actual fan fiction. Like, straight guys wish. This is like, movies have been made out of this fantasy that is not real. Like yeah, she's single, sort like, of the manic pixie dream. Right. Girl. That's yeah. like not real. That's like a, that's a male screenwriter fantasy of like yes. a stalker girl who like won't take note for an answer, like swim fan well, vibes. Yep. I think we're going to find out this guy was straight okay. in college and now isn't. But anyway, oh, go on. okay. Sorry. Oh my God, getting ahead. As it okay. turns out, she brought well, I don't Shrek's- know, but I, that's my guess is this is a well, gay, start, start a, straight, a straight gay friendship. So this, this guy was pretending to be, not pretending to be straight, but not saying whatever okay. he was really doing. And she had a crush on him. I mean, this is, you know. Hot. Yeah. Okay. I finally Rosie agreed to go Rosie O'Donnell and Tom Cruise. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I finally agreed to go to lunch with her. Did that ever work out between them? I, I'm certain that she, she did, yeah. I'm I sure. think I think yeah. she changed the locks. Yeah. Oh, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> I think she did, too. I finally agreed to go to lunch with her, which turned out to be a very liquid lunch. How could it not be? <sighs> what a great we, story this is. Where is it headed? And we eventually became friends. At the time, I was bisexual but closeted about oh. the male part. Uh-huh. Okay. Meaning eventually gay, came out. Yeah. But she still had a crush, and I may have let her on a little bit. The liquid lunches were on her daddy's credit card. We went to Thailand together and rode wild. (laughs) That's a big jump from her bank for lunch. Okay, now they're literally in Birkdown (laughs) Palace. They're Claire Danes and Kate Beckinsale. Absolutely. Fabulous. So this was her fabulous straight-ish friend. She was totally in love with this guy. She had money on her daddy's credit card. He was the performer. He was Mr. Fabulous, performing in Pippin and being in a band and everything else. Being in Sixpence None the Richer. That's what I... He kept, uh, you know, a trail of Bloody Mary breadcrumbs. Going. I sure. agree, she, but what I she, love is yeah. that he that he went from she would pay for lunch every now and then to like to we Thailand. were in Thailand riding elephants, yeah, yeah. yeah. and made exactly. lifetime memories. Yeah. Fast forward thirty years, we've been friends the whole time. Another, three this years? is another boyfriend, not these, boyfriend. Situation. I gotta say, these transitions are are absolutely. I'm not prepared for they're one abrasive. of them. They're abrasive. It's gonna get worse. Fast forward 30 years. We've been friends the whole time. She came to my wedding and I to hers. And we absolutely adore each other and laugh a lot, even though our friendship started, ahem, strangely. Over the years, I almost gave up on her because every time we got together, it was me that initiated it. Oh, how the tables turned. Initiated what? The, Are they, like they the getting, up? reaching out. The reaching oh. out. They never hooked up. No. Okay. It okay. was init- I think initiating this, like if this all comes to nothing, I'm gonna be furious. I get if it. These she lives details in New York. Come to nothing, I'm gonna be furious. She lives in New York City and runs a popular women's clothing brand and has mm. a young child. And mm. I have more of a leisure type life. By the way, I'm not surprised that this fan turned into a real go-getter. She Wait, goes what she gets what she wants. She leisure got a, type she, life addicted. Okay. Yep. Now she yeah. got his schedule from the admissions. When that's she what wants I mean. Something like, she is, gets it. And she's going like, to be running a fashion light. brand. The schedule was light. <laughs> yeah. He's tech avail. He's tech avail. But still, I often feel ashamed and weird that it's me that always has to reach out, which brings me to my general question. When I think about it, almost 90% of my friends, and they're fabulous people, excuse me, are the same way. I'm always what? the one who reaches out. With my former college stalker, this is so funny, I Wait. have just accepted that it will be me because I know I always want her in my life, but what about all the others? I'm having a bit of a crisis about oh, it. Wow. Do you think it's okay to be always the one who reaches out, or should I pick and choose the ones I really want in my life? I have a wonderful husband, but he's not a big sharer and can be an emotional brick wall. So I tend to need my friends for those deep chats and laughs. What? You should lean on them for that anyway, oh, I think. No. But I'm starting to feel like being the one who always has to initiate. But 
feel like being the one who always has to initiate is deflating my ego. In some ways, I feel like everyone is so narcissistic now that it's normal. But in other ways, I'm flabbergasted. Any advice or help? Who's the narcissist? That's what uh, well, I was going to say. Like, that was my first question. There was like 80 parts of this letter that like told on themselves, which I love. Yeah, I love me when too. someone, I love when someone, when it like accidentally opens a window and you're like, mm, and the devil's like, always in the details. The truth mm. is somewhere right there. Oh, uh, cheers, Henry, not his real name. Oh, I feel bad. I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, honey, it ain't great if you're the one reaching out, but judging by this letter, I'm not surprised. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. There's just like a little braggy vibe that feels a little unearned and weird and strange. And also, if you can't rely on your husband for deep chats, literally, what the fuck are you doing with that? <laughs> That's true. And also, how much space did your friends have when you started these friendships? I've got news for Henry if he wants it. Go ahead. Oh my God. Give. Henry says, I live more of a leisure type life. Henry's a house husband, okay? Henry doesn't do anything. Henry doesn't have a schedule. Henry goes to Pilates and then he gets tired or he gets skin done. I was going to say, this is like where Jordan Catalano is now or something. He's really hot. Of course he's hot. Why was she chasing after him, this chubby friend of his that was in love with him in college? If he's hot, hot, I take back everything I said and I love him and I cherish him and I want to meet him and introduce him to the She's a chubby Jewish girl running a Shapewear brand and he's an ex-gay crush. (laughs) who she loves, but guess what? She's running a big business. She's married. She has kids. She's doing She's whatever. a girl boss. She She's has, a girl boss. She has right. a full life. And so she doesn't have time to just have bottomless, assless mimosas with you all the time because she's a grown-up, Henry. And all of these people are grown-ups and you are not a grown-up. And that's just basically what the situation is. So if you want to fit into their world and see your friends and have their schedule, you have to do what everyone else does and say, I have Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday night next week. Do any of those work for you? That's how she's, her day is full, full, full. If you want to be part of her life, you can write to her and say, do any of these dates work? And she says, love loved to do Saturday. But the pay, idea that to... people should be sitting around still dreaming about your performance in Pippin and wondering when you have availability is absolutely unrealistic. Yeah. Can you I still like the idea that... of shooting your friends some dates, but yet people just don't. They're not going to reach out. Also, everyone knows you're available all the time because you're a house husband. I hope you're doing something interesting with your time. You don't have anywhere to be. Yeah. He needs to pick up a shift at Tasty Delight. I'm you just going to say, you need something, like just anything to make your, <laughs> anything for you to talk about. I don't know. Like maybe they just always know where you stand it on kinda, things. You know what it kind of gives me? It kind of gives me like, I was really hot and charming and everyone was obsessed with me. And uh, like, Oh, my hair's thinning. Now. It's like Josh Hartnett and Virgin Suicides. Aren't so obsessed with me and I don't yeah. quite know what to do with that. So uh Oh, Ryan might have just that- hit something. What is that? No, like, I think you hit on Is that something. dark? I no, mean, I think no. The letter's always look. The question's never the question. The question is always what's really going on here. Well, by the way, we're not saying this person's a bad guy or that his no. intentions are no. Bad. I do we think, think we think else. you're really hot. We think you're yeah, really hot, exactly. and, we, and we celebrate that. We celebrate how. Hot I think you are. he has a warped perception of what other people's lives are like, and I just think everybody else. Look, your life sounds pretty fabulous and I'm glad you're living it on your own terms and that you're happily married, et cetera, et cetera. 
but all of your normie friends who have jobs that they have to go to or do from home from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then they have to go to bath time or then they have to go to dinner right. or then they have a work event. Depending Whatever on how large is, their family is, you're maybe like 10th on the list of their they're concerns. Just busy. That, yeah. It just busy. And it that's doesn't just, mean and it's they not like offensive. you any less. It just is, yeah. Also, you should be probably... booking weekends away with them. You should be saying, can we do Miami? March 18th to the 20th. And yeah. then you can have your chitty chatties all day long if you want to. And everyone can tell you how great you look in your bikini. Well, he's probably also feel that, feeling that void in a way that his peers aren't because, like he said, his husband doesn't fulfill him in that way with the deep chats. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's clear that, and he, it's giving, it's giving sugar daddy. It's giving, he landed a sugar daddy and like live, laugh, spend. Of it's course. getting a little, and, and a little bit like 1950s, which might be the same dynamic a little bit. Like it's a little yeah. bit like. But it's also fine for your partner to not be the person that you want to have all those friends. Well, that's what I was trying to say. Was that, I don't think everyone has to be everything to him. No, me yes. neither. And I do think that there are times when you can run it, you know, you have the one deep conversation with your partner. And then if you just are repeating your you should have that conversation with somebody yeah, you can have 10 other conversations with 10 other people but these aren't people guess what these people aren't gonna do pick up the phone when you call these are people that are either in a meeting or in the middle of something or taking five minutes you have to make time with them if you want it and i think a little you know getaway or whatever something everyone can look forward to which is a couple months maybe you do it a couple times a year whatever it is then you're going to get your camp vibes, you know, college chit chat. You want to go back to the relationship you had with these people when you were single and in college and in your 20s. And they're just not in their 20s anymore. They have other yeah. responsibilities. So they have to carve out that time and they'd probably love to. But absolutely, I think you're both right that this is a Jordan Catalano that people are used to chasing. And now, you know, people chase a little slower mm -hmm. when you get older. And they're not single anymore, et cetera, et cetera. You're not going to get all that attention that you want so much. But, but I'm you sure your still friends have love fun. you. Of I'm sure they, they love, love you. you. They're just busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian says with zero conviction addicted. <laughs> no, I bet I bet you're a lot of fun. Brian, you're an actor. Come on, Brian. <laughs> Sell that a little bit more, okay? I've and seen your work. I bet I this guy can, can still do. sing Pippin. I mean, I bet, you know, look, I bet he's still got a few tricks up his sleeve, but I also never What had about a, Revive Pippin? I never had a question like this before yeah. where the person wrote three paragraphs about how gorgeous they were and desirable. And then the question was, how come my friends don't me? reach out first? <laughs> yeah. It did take a lot of turns, but I want to say, I think one of the answers Outrageous. could be to, to do a revival of Pippin and invite them. Oh, absolutely. And invite us. I and invite go. us and yeah. let us see the Don't magic at work. Yes, but this person will expect someone to be at every show every night. And these people are all going to come on one night. I'm just letting Little you know. Little Countess Luann. And they're going to go to, and they're going to go to home by 930 <laughs> after light appetizers after the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or even at five o'clock. They might but say, it sounds oh, like we, you're, they might like say you're, we had dinner before. We have to yeah. go home now and catch the train at, you know. Oh, especially Grand if they're Central. straight and have children. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're the first to go, first to leave. If you want something, come, ask for it. Make space for this thing to happen. Just make, make it, it easy happen. for them. Yeah. yeah. But you also make... examine, like, maybe why people aren't really reaching out. Like, you know that saying, um, you meet two assholes and one day you're the asshole? Mm -hmm. You ever, Sort of like, you have to like, examine a little bit. You have to examine a little bit. You know what I mean? There's something, something going on. You know yeah. what I mean? A little, a little lack of self-awareness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. what time, is to, time to get the shovel and dig. 
You know what, what I mean? Absolutely. What does it say about you that you can't believe the world isn't floating right towards you anymore instead of you having to float towards that? And like I said, like, it's also just that thing of like, when you started these friendships, how much space did your friends have? Or was it just you started yeah. these friendships because they were fawning over you? I don't know. Yeah, that's real. Well, they had plenty of space. All they did was do bong hits in Thailand for 10 years or whatever that's they true. did. Yeah. He, misses, he misses being stalked, which I think is really relatable. Who doesn't? And, and, yeah. I, it's a little I, bit of like a child star thing, I think. A grown-up I miss, yes. I miss, I'm, yeah. I miss my stalker. Excellent. I miss my, well, honey, when the, when the stalked becomes a stalker is what we're, what's going on right here. Yep. <laughs> the other thing I'll have good news for you is not one of these people realizes that you're the one that reaches out all the time. They're not even keeping score. Right, you're exactly. You're keeping You've score. got the time, too. Well, another I thing would. to put on the list. <laughs> another thing to put on the list I of things to examine. <laughs> Excuse me, if you were running Jones, New York, would you? Um, wait, Jones, New York. What is that? It's or like the Spanx women's line at Macy's or anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would certainly have the time. But what's Jones doing? <laughs> All, right, All right, this Ryan. is the time in our show, Brian. It is, Rana. Ryan, this is the time in our show where we decide who, which of the three letter writers deserve something special to be sent to them from the heart. So yeah. are we going to go oh. just to, I mean, I think we know. This is, I think we know. What yeah. if I was like, what if I did a curveball and was like the last one? Yeah. Pippin. Pippin. <laughs> He deserves more. Well, yeah. he honestly is in almost as much pain as the second guy that wrote. Well, it's a painful thing. Yeah, midlife but, crisis. But I think I, I think we he just go we're going to send him a baseball cap because I think his hair is thinning and that's part of the problem. Oh really? Yeah. Oh no On way! Third, if he's, no, if he's having a life guy. of leisure, Rana, he's taking that. He's oh, taking control honey, of that. Yeah, yeah man if, bun. If he's, he's got, got a man light. bun. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He's figured he's figured send out us, the solution to that. Send problem. us a picture of you with Please. your doodle, whatever kind of doodle it is. Sheep a doodle, labradoodle, burn a doodle, mm-hmm. you know, cavapoo doodle. Yeah. Cavapoo Sean. Uh, so obviously it's a central person. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I know so, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. What are we gonna send them, Ryan? What would you want in this situation? What would have been helpful to you in that? Here's moment? some examples of things we've sent. We've sent like We'll sometimes do like a Palo Santo Lalabo con- candle or something. We'll go candle, just a candle, something that just <laughs> feels nice. It could be, yeah. it could be anything. It truly could be. We could send them a copy of that book. Could, well, yeah. I mean, the book that got me sober is that too on the nose? Is that no. like because I mean, everyone's path is different, and I would, yeah. but but I will say I've even given it to people who haven't gotten sober, but I've really. It's it honestly sounds really do. interesting. Yeah, it's it's honestly incredible. Uh, we're gonna I mean, it really pick, has, now. We're gonna open this book, and it's gonna be you know a it's gonna be a graphic porn. novel of no a zine yeah. a zine graphic a novel. Book. Yeah, no, it's some sort of Scientology graphic novel about you know well, lev- I am, levitating I am, to another plane. Or I am a Scientologist that has nothing Famously. to do with it. That has no. nothing to do with it. It never does. It never does. It they're, ne- they're so able to keep those things separate. You know. Yeah. Uh, beep, 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 boop, boop, boop. Beep, 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 I beep, think boop, we can boop. send you this book. Yeah. Uh, that's Ryan's Ryan's recommendation. And I do actually, even though we do give it out a fair amount, I think a Palo Santo Me Santo too. candle is a great idea because it's all about purging the space and good beginnings to things, creative, bringing in a creative and a new energy to the space. Yep. And yeah. I think that's what you need. You need to open a window and realize you've just been inside a little too long and you need to throw out your vodka bottles and you need to call your mother. Mm-hmm. And she's going to come over and she's going to give you a big hug and say, you've been in your room too long, basically. I don't okay. think as desperate as it feels, I don't think 
it is. And I think also that this is a very normal part of the trajectory of getting sober, which is mm-hmm. it doesn't always just take. You have to, you know, you have to stumble a little to figure out what you've lost sometimes and what you're trying to get back to. And I think that's okay. That's part of life. Right? I do yes. agree. Ryan O'Connell, what a dream you are. What a week he's having. His book is <laughs> out today. His book is out two days. So please go wherever books are sold and find <laughs> just by looking at him by Ryan O'Connell, his novel. And also, it sounds like a, a fun read. I have to say. This week. Oh, it sounds it's, great. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a, you know, it's a banger. I'm proud of it. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I guess Ryan, what is your what are do you want people to what, what are your handles? What? Where, where where can they follow oh, you? Um, I actually, please don't follow me. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> please don't please don't follow me at Ryan Ocon. And if you do follow me, I'm seriously scared. So please don't do that. Don't do it. Don't whatever you do, Ryan don't Ocon. wait for him after class. Don't yeah, do it. Please yeah. don't. Please don't go don't. to Thailand. Don't take him to Thailand. Elephants. He's not That's interested. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now I gotta go. He seeks a life of leisure. Take him to Province Town. I have rehearsals for Spam a lot. I'm in Spam a lot, and and I actually don't have time for this bullshit. I get it. Who would? Who? If you're in Spam a lot, who would have time for it? Honestly, it's a full time job. Ryan, you are a pure delight. The book sounds amazing. I'm so excited about Queer as Folk. I think that's going to be terrific. Uh, But I think it's wonderful that you're proud of this book and you think it's great because that means it is. Yep. So yeah, well, I, hate, I hate my first book. So I feel like when you hate your first book, you can, I, I feel like I'm very objective in a weird way. I'm like, my first book was a flop. Let's redo. The second book's better. I can't wait. I hope I see it in an airport sometime soon. Oh, glamorous. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. You're the best. <laughs> Thank you. Thank kiss, you for having kiss. me. Smooch. Dear. Dear. Where's the cliffhanger? We've got to read the cliffhanger. We're going to do it right now, Rana. Okay. Um, I think you're I reading read it. it? Yes. What, what do you mean you think I am? Like, it's my job. I have to do it. Well, no, you don't have to do anything, Rana. Believe me, I know that. I mean, just the idea that you would say, oh, okay. Dear Rana, B-I-Y slash capital Y, parentheses, A-N, and special guest if applicable. Okay. Another, this friend Lena from another gay person, Brian, I don't know what to do. I've been a chip since the beginning, but never thought I really had. I, by the way, I hope everyone knows that we were joking. I, I don't know how much gayer the show could be. So I hope that people know that I love. Uh, I love Everyone knows I that. I love all the letters. Of, as if, of course. And Rana. even a couple of the pluses. Sure. I've been a chip since the beginning, but never thought I really had a good question to submit until now. All names have been changed to protect the potentially innocent. And apologies in advance if this is too long for Rana. I did my best to keep it to the essential details. We'll see. I'm a 33-year-old gay man living in a major mid-Atlantic city. In 2016, when I was 28, I lived in a smallish southern city. While living there, I befriended my neighbors, Brad and Sarah, a married couple a few years younger than me, both 25 at the time. I always got the sense that Brad might not be as straight as he presented, but I'm not one to push, although I was, admittedly, attracted to Brad. Sounds like forbidden fruit. Sounds like Brad standing on the porch in a, uh, you know, diaphanous uh, uh, white dress, exactly. Mm -hmm. Doing, you know, pulling the laundry board off the the line while his husband was at work, but in any way, or his wife, I suppose. After I moved away, I kept in touch with Brad and Sarah, okay? 
Tragically, Sarah passed away from cancer in oh 2018. My, oh, that's awful. Oh my God, at 27, horrible. Brad was devastated. We texted almost every day, and I was trying to be as supportive of a friend as I could be. I flew down the week Sarah died, helped Brad with some of the legal issues involved, and just tried to be there. Brad came to visit me in the summer of 2019, and after a night with a lot of drinking, and a lot of talking and soul-bearing, and a lot of talking and soul-bearing, we ended up cuddling on my couch. Nothing happened at all aside from cuddling but I realized my gaydar remained intact and Brad was, in fact, much less straight than he originally presented. We continued texting almost every day and Brad finally came out to me as gay. Brad started telling me about all the men he was seeing and Rana, he saw a lot in all caps of men. I was proud of him for coming into his own and being comfortable exploring and experimenting. Brad very quickly fell into being a, quote, scene gay. Brian knows the type, and then started serial dating guys. Serially dating guys. A scene gay. What does that mean? He's out at the clubs doing drunk drugs or something. Well, I don't know about doing drugs, but yeah, just someone who's worried about the body, who think is maximizing his potential with the body, someone who wants to be at the right places. Who a West Hollywood type is what I would say. That out is. on the scene, wants to look great. Yeah, wants going wants to a, the parade, going the to the places, is like the dove things. in deep. Yes, exactly. Okay. Right. Trimming uh, the eyebrows, the whole business. Uh-huh. I visited Brad down south, and while I was staying with Brad for the weekend, we made out once, but again, nothing more. Brad then told me he needed to move out of the south and wanted to move to my city. I told Brad quite honestly that I was concerned that he would find a clique of other quote scene gays when he moved here and he would not and we would not see each other at all. Brad was very offended at this and insisted that that would never happen and my friendship was one of the reasons he was okay even considering moving to my city. Philadelphia, Washington DC. Sure. Well, it doesn't take Ron a shtetl clairvoyance to guess what happened. Well, comma, it doesn't take Rana's shtetl clairvoyance to guess what happened. Brad moved here. We hung out a lot at first, uh, when he first got here, and I even let him park his car for free at my house. But soon thereafter, Brad made a group of other seen gay friends, and within a month or so started seeing someone. We'll call him Ian Day. Brad told me about Ian Day, but told me that this guy was just for fun, and that after two dates, Brad wanted to break up with him. We stopped texting as much, but I didn't really think anything of it. Two months later, Andy was still around, and Brad, had want- and Brad wanted me to meet him. We made boozy brunch plans, but on the way to brunch, I got some really upsetting news about my mother needing surgery. She's fine now. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baruch Hashem. I didn't, want to, uh, I didn't want to burden Brad and Andy with this information, but I was a little distracted and not as personable at brunch. Once I got home, I immediately texted Brad to let him know that I recognized I wasn't myself at brunch because of some personal issues, apologized for it, and told Brad that I talked to him about it once I knew what was going on with my mother. Oy, oy, oy. That fateful brunch was eight months ago. After ha- having to go to my parents' place and making sure my mom would be fine, I called Brad to let him know what had happened. Brad appeared understanding, but I immediately felt a distance. Once I was back home, I tried texting Brad to make plans to meet up, but he was always busy hanging with Andy and unavailable. 
After two months of back and forth, Brad and I finally met for a drink. I told Brad I didn't like this distance and wanted to fix our friendship. Brad told me he thought I didn't like Andy, and Andy thought the same. Wow, Brad. Really went all in, didn't he? He's in. I explained that I never really got a chance to meet Andy on good terms and had no real opinion of him. Brad assured me repeatedly that we were good and that we should hang out more. But that was essentially the last time I saw Brad. I've reached out several times and Brad says we should make plans, but then nothing. I finally gave up. About three months ago, I told him to come to my house to get his car so I could do some work in my yard. And when he came over, he said he wanted to get some drinks together soon. I told him to text me when he was free and I've heard nothing since. Truth be told, I'm still sad about how this friendship ended. Brad was a really good friend of mine. We were in constant contact for years and we knew everything about each other. Being dropped so unceremoniously by Brad hurts and I'm still hurt about it. So my question is, do I do anything? Do I tell him that he's really hurting me by acting this way and try to salvage any aspect of the friendship? Or do I just accept that this is over? That's the whole No R. Ove. It ends Ove. Over. And then there's no... Whoever sent this sent it without signing it at the end. Well, for the full... For the full letter and for the full experience, go to patreon.com. I don't think they're going to get the full letter, but I think we understand the question. We do understand the question. Even if it's signed, you know, desperately uh, trauma, you know, something in Philly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for the full answer, come to patreon.com slash askgrana, of course. And uh, Yeah. I mean, look, I think we understand what the question is here, so I have no problem answering this. For the answer, go to patreon.com slash ask Ron. I can't wait wait. to answer this one. We can't wait to answer this one. It's going to be so good. (laughs) We love you. Thank you to our guest, Ryan O'Connell. And we will see you on the Patreon. And next week, kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. Rana here with a bit of AI Social Club business, pardon me. Our June boxes are about to ship and our inaugural AI Social Club Kiki will be held on June the 24th. All details forthcoming in email, so keep an eye out and pardon me, in your boxes, make sure you keep one eye open for the fabulous password to this fabulous exclusive, exclusive event. We can't wait. We have so many surprises lined up, including, pardon me, possibly a James Beard-nominated bartender. So, excuse me. If that's not exclusive, I don't know what is. And if you're having a little bit of FOMO, as they say, or maybe they don't say that anymore, pardon me, we are now accepting members for July. Sign up by July 1st in order to receive the July Bespoke Cocktail Box where we have another fabulous surprise creation. All the details at AI Social Club.
com or aisocial.club, pardon me, if you're Brian. We can't wait to welcome you into the club. June sold out. Get in on July. Well, you still can't, pardon me. Kiss, kiss. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.